We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going safe It's not safe Before you cross me Look both ways Leaving the scene With no trace Not in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top I'm out of space Can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going State to state What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back in the Straight Stock Studios. Now, this episode's going to drop right before I'm back in the commentary booth, calling play-by-play play next to the worst person alive, Adam Hayes. And one of the matches I'm looking most forward to calling is Jesse Amato versus Tyler Hill in this, hopefully, final end-all, be-all uh, confrontation. But with me right now is none other than the Canadian bad boy, Tyler Hill, who wasn't too happy with me that I went to Jesse Hill, Jesse Amato first, but we'll get into that, I guess, as the conversation goes. Tyler, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm actually doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. So, um, you know, I want to talk history for a little bit, and then I want to get into, obviously, everything to do with New Frontier and where we are at this point. But uh, one of the first things, actually a good story, I think this will lighten the mood between you and I. First time I saw you in person was at CWF, and you came out. And you had your championship and you started banging it against your head. And I think you were just in the moment, not realizing that before the bell even rang, you had already started bleeding. And my daughter looked at me and said, Dad, he's already bleeding. And I said, well, I've seen enough of Tyler Hill in person to know that this is normal, but not this early on. I mean, this is just an entrance. The bell has not even rang yet. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's actually a funny story. So we just got the brand new NWX title. Okay, and I always did the thing where I, I had bought everything, whether it's my crutch that I had or it's a title, it's just that's my entrance shtick. So, um, yeah, I came out and it's the brand new belt, and I was like, oh, here we go. And I go and headbutt it, didn't think anything of it. And then I get in the ring, and Harry, Harry uh, D there is my referee, and he comes over to me and he goes, bro, you're bleeding. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, who bleeds in an entrance? <laughs> and, and, and I look at him and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have white wrist tape on. So I like do the whole head tap thing. My whole like just covered in blood. And I'm like, well, that's good. Like, you know, cause like CWF just got the brand new canvas. Like I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. That was the last time I head butted the title. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the few times where you could say that you got beat by a belt without another wrestler having to use the belt. Yeah, like just what are the what are the odds? Like, you know, I didn't even try to bleed and I bleed. Like I I, I can't even can't even help it. <laughs> so before uh, we drop our conversation, I always drop the mini host conversation the Saturday before. Now, one of the things that you guys talked about, which I found very interesting, but I had already known that, but it was kind of cool to gauge her reaction is the amount of years you were actually wrestling before you switched into this deathmatch style. Now, um, I want to talk history, of course. What, what makes Tyler Hill wake up one day after he's been wrestling for so long and say, you know what, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to go this way, a way that is very niche in wrestling. It's respected and it's appreciated, but it is not the norm, if you will. Um, to be completely honest with you, it was actually a home when I didn't have one. Um, and what I mean by that is I was with um, CWF and various promotions for eight years or so. Um, but then as wrestling and things do, falling outs happen and things. I'm not going to get all into the, the details and everything. But um, yeah, it just came up that. I wasn't really going anywhere besides busted knuckle. Like it was just, uh, I had a lot of, I had a bad past in wrestling with a lot of things. And, you know, I burned a lot of bridges. Like when I first started, because, you know, I was young. I was, I started this when I was 15 years old, 16 years old. So like I was young with an attitude thinking I was all that when I really wasn't, you know, and, you know, so I, I, I just, I didn't really have anything going for me. And then, um, Sean kind of said, you know, like, why don't you come out to these death proof shows? You know, like, why don't you come check them out? He's like, see, 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 see what's up. So I go down there and, um, yeah, I, I, what was the first one I saw? I want to say it was death proof versus fridge. And it was in Hamilton and Sean and cash were wrestling and they were doing this thing with a table where it wouldn't break. And I just, I fell in love with everything that they were doing. It was just it was super cool. The whole show, everything about what they were doing. 
So then Re- uh, Reese for Busting Knuckle mes- uh, messaged me, and he's like, hey, why don't you do an angle with Sean here? Because we already were doing something in CWF. So he said, why don't you do something here? And, um, and yeah, maybe we'll, like, throw a motto in there and something like that. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get it going. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know what I was walking into. Like, Sean told me what I was walking into. Like, I knew, like, there were barbed wire ropes. And I knew that, like, it wasn't going to be fun, you know? But I didn't, I didn't expe- understand the adrenaline rush that I was going like, like, to get off that. Like, it was just, it's almost like it didn't hurt when it was happening. You know what I mean? Like, I, like we took a ladder and put, like, 200 feet of barbed wire on it. I got slammed into it and just bounced down down the ladder and yeah it was just after after the match like after all the pain i was in and everything else after the match i got to the back and i was like just like woo like it was just so much adrenaline i couldn't even like shake it and i was like you know what i need to keep doing this i think this is like my calling right now i think this is just and you know what i'm glad i did because you know i got the wrestle from Sweet opponents. Like, I've been in the ring with, you know, Casanova, uh, Valentine, Schlack, G. Raver, like, you know, some States guys, you know, the Warheads, all the guys from Ontario. It's, it's been great, you know, and I've been getting booked all over because of it, and it's, it's been awesome, so... Absolutely. No, it's great. Like, I mean, that's when I, I think that's when I discovered you much in the death proof stuff, because it was easily accessible, you know, online and stuff like that. And you could find clips here and there. And it was just so cool. It was great to see Canadian boys, some of the hard hitting, most hard hitting guys in wrestling that don't get enough appreciation for how hard we can hit yeah. and doing all this stuff that, you know, is so normal now because of ECW and that whole generation of coming in. And to see us doing it, but giving our own Canadian flavor to it. Like, I've seen some matches from all over Canada. Uh, there was just one promotion. I can't remember which province it was in, but they had a Canadian bacon match. So they had frying <laughs> pans around the ring and bacon, Canadian bacon is cooking in it. And the object is to burn your opponent, which is much bacon grease as you possibly can. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. You know, enough said with that to the fact that maybe it's not always the best ideas, but hey, we at least try them once. We do. We you try know, them once. Some people look at like, like, for instance, Warhead, myself, Sean, these, and they're going like, oh, you're going through planes of glass and you're doing this. And they're looking at us like we're crazy. I'm looking at guys like that and going, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like you know, like, and I find lately too, and especially with deathmatch stuff, I find that it's turned into like who can do the biggest fall and like who can jump off the highest thing and who can do the craziest spot. You know, it's not all about that. Like, like, you know, I hit hard, but I'm very, very aggressive style where like, I'm just right in your face. Very, very realistic. You know, just don't give you room to breathe. You don't have to jump off the highest thing to get yourself over. Like sometimes just, slowing it down and just screaming in somebody's face is good enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Now, in terms of, again, you mentioned going through tables. I mean, going down a ladder wrapped in barbed wire, I've seen you put your head through more things than a human body should possibly put their own head through. But again, it's your head. You're allowed to, it's your head, your choice. You're allowed to do what you want to do with it. But in terms of all the crazy bumps you took, and when you look at this past eight years or so of deathmatch wrestling, if you look at one bump and you're like, damn, I'm surprised I got up from that. Is there one that sticks out in your mind? Um, yes. Um, for the most part, there was a suplex I was supposed to take on the floor. Um, and I'm not going to name names or name drop anybody, but... I went to, for some reason, I don't know what he was thinking, but he went to, like, stall me on the floor. So, like, I went over thinking I'm going to take, like, a fast suplex because it's concrete. And when I went down, he kind of, like, brain-bustered me because, like, I went over and he went to stall and everything just got kind of confused. And, like, yeah, like, I smashed the back of my head right off the concrete. And, like, I'm laying there, like, doing the whole finger tingle, the, 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 the toe check, you know what I mean? Like, all the stuff like that, like. You know, I've taken exploders on the back of my neck. Um, Sean, for instance, a lot of my deathmatch fun stories are with him, but um, he jumped off like a 20-foot ladder 
And um, the table that we were using to go through, actually, it's a funny story. Um, so there was a metal bar. You know that some of the tables have that square metal bar that follows the whole perimeter? Well, mm -hmm. he had one job. And it was take the metal bar out from underneath the table. Well, I went to go do some errands because I was like, this is a while back. So I was doing some errands for the promoter and things like that. And um, I came back and I didn't think anything of it. You know, where we go to the spot. He's up there 20 feet in the air. Well, I'm laying there. And I, well, before I got on the table, I realized that bar was still there. And I'm going, oh, my God, we're going to die. Like, this is not going to be good. And I'm laying there and he goes up there and I'm like, Please just break, please break, please break. Just praying. <laughs> like, and he comes off, he hits me, and man, like, first of all, knocked the window to myself. Number two, knocked me out off the concrete because it was like a like just break, you know? <laughs> so like first it knocks me out, then we fall. I smash my head off the concrete, elbow got screwed. I think Sean busted his elbow. Like we were both sitting there in the emergency room the hospital afterwards the people just looking at us like what is wrong with you yeah that for, for for actual falls or anything like that i've actually been pretty lucky to not have anything where it's gonna like ruin me or destroy me or anything like that i've been pretty favorable though yeah that's seriously insane and you've mentioned sean quite a bit in the first you know 10 minutes of this conversation yeah. let's talk sean Let's talk. Uh, let's talk your brother. Let's talk this man who got you into this crazy death proof side of wrestling, but also is somebody that uh, uh, Jesse Amato spoke very highly of and things that were done in the past through his you know, transgressions and his demons that he had to fight on his own. But uh, let's not go down that corridor quite yet. Let's talk, Sean. How did the relationship start with you and Sean? When did, uh, unfortunately, things take a turn in Sean's health, and when did we eventually have to say goodbye to Sean? Um, so Sean and I first met in – guys, he was awesome. So we first met for CWF. Um, I guess he was doing a Busted Knuckle pro wrestling show in Niagara Falls, and Chris Thorne actually saw him there um, at a show and just – he messaged me, and he's like, you got to see this. Sent me a clip, and it was like, it was him jumping off a ladder, bundly outside back of the ring. And he's like, you should work this guy. And I was like, all right. So he puts the match together and it's day of Sean messages me and he goes, Hey, like meet at this and this restaurant. And I'm like, for, for, for breakfast. And I'm like, okay. Like that's never happened to me before. Like, because we're both from St. Catharines, right? Like we're both local. Right. So, um, so I go down there and this guy is just, he paid for breakfast. All he wanted to do was just have a conversation with me, get to know me, get to feel me out. What kind of person am I? You know, talk about the match, what we're going to, you know, and right off the hop, we kicked it off. You know, just, I've never had a connection with anybody that quick before. It was just like, we we're best friends within the first five minutes talking, you know, and I guess anybody that's ever talked to Sean kind of had that vibe. Like he was really open with everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, we did some, we did a storyline there for a while. And like I mentioned earlier, we did the thing in uh, busted knuckle there. Um, and it just, yeah, we were, we were super close for a long time. And then, uh, for four or five years, he was my best friend. And then, uh, yeah, we worked, we were actually working together, not on the same site, but we we're working for the same company. And, uh, we were actually, I was supposed to drive him home after work and, um, he, uh, he was doing um, wall foundations, like pouring them, concrete pouring. So, like, there's something on the edge of it called a walk, where you got two two-by-eights so that you walk around and you can do your job or whatever, right? I guess I was doing the waterproofing, like, so I didn't see it, but um, I got back to the site and Sean wasn't there. And I'm going, what, what's happening right now? And, and one, of our, one of our best friends comes running over and he's, he's crying, he's upset, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, Sean's in the hospital, man. I'm like, what's going on? Apparently, he had a seizure just out of nowhere, like 10 feet in the air, while just walking on the edge, and he just fell like 10 feet, like head first, like straight into the, like right into the hole. Um, like and it was middle of winter, and uh, yeah, it was just out of nowhere. He, he doesn't, he didn't remember anything, obviously, but he woke up in the hospital, um, and they told him that he had a tumor in his head 
Um, so he called me and yeah, it was obviously an emotional wreck for the both of us. And, uh, yeah, so he, they said about the big master and to show how tough this guy is, you know, he had a brain tumor, had to get, he, he wanted to be home for Christmas for, for his daughter. That was his biggest thing. I have to be home for Christmas. It was two, he had to get surgery two days before Christmas, gets brain surgery, comes out Christmas Eve recoups enough to be able to go home for Christmas after brain surgery, not even 24 hours later. And it, it, to be honest with you, he probably would have walked out anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, he was that kind of guy. But um, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, he, and everything from there, you know, the calls and everything else, once we found out that he actually had the brain cancer and, you know, and things were going to take a turn and he wasn't going to be able to wrestle and everything. It was just, it, it, it was a wreck, you know, you know and, and to watch, I don't know if you've known anybody to go through cancer or anything like that. Uh, any kind of real illness that there is no coming back from, there's no cure for. Um, it's, it's hard, man. Like you see that guy for, I Obviously, you can't see him every day, but I was seeing him two, three times a week for the first couple of years. Um, and then, obviously, like, it was a couple times a week, one day a week. You know, you, you always made sure you had to see him. And then, uh, yeah, he just... It was just... Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Take your time. He was doing so well, you know? And then just like he started wrestling again, you know, everything was good. And then yeah, everything just it was good until it wasn't good. You know, the doctor gave him five to seven years when they first diagnosed him and he made it three or four. That's that's rough, you know. And, you know, if anybody knew Sean, he was he was it's always the good. You know what I mean? Like, that's just just how it is. The guys that. Uh, sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's and you know now it's just you know I got stuff up there for it. It's just now you have to learn to move on. I'm still not over it. Like I still get very emotional just even talking about him. You know, um, yeah, Sean made me the person I am today. You know, and. To put all the wrestling stuff aside, I know that to the fans and whoever's going to be watching this, like, I know I'm breaking some of those rules with the kayfabe stuff and everything else, but, um, yeah, Sean was my best friend for seven years from when I first wrestled him until he passed away, you know, and if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at in wrestling today wasn't for him i probably wouldn't be with the family i got right now and yeah it's just it's crazy you know and yeah yeah it's wild so when when i get upset um that people name drop sean or people do things and i'm sure we're gonna get into it but they have to understand where I'm coming from too, because you don't do things. Uh, you just, I love that guy, you know, and, and it's hard. A lot, a lot of tough guys and everything else. They won't, they won't use the L word, you know, but I absolutely love that guy. He was my best friend. He was my brother. And to watch him go through what he went through and to be as strong as he did, man, it's, you can't learn something off that. And there's something wrong. With it. You know what I mean? Like it's, He's the reason, like, I was a cocky kid, man, like, when I first met him. I was, I, I was an asshole, you know, and I, I can say that straight out. I, I made a lot of heat with a lot of people in the business and everything, and he straightened me out, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, it's, I'm forever thankful for everything that he's ever done, you know? So. Absolutely. You know what they say? They always say that at, at a crossroads in your life, someone will come into it that will help you go right or go left. And it sounds like Sean came into your life at a moment where you're at that crossroads and he steered you to who you are now, which is the best version of yourself. 
This is the first time you and I have ever sat down in a real conversation, but everything you said there, I could feel the genuine sorrow, the genuine pain. And I never knew him, but if I did ever meet him, when I go to the great beyond and I meet him, cause I know he's there, I'm going to shake his hand and be like, everything I've heard about you is just absolute badassery and genuine kindness. So, uh, rest in peace, always remembered, never forgotten. And I know that he's looking down right now and he's smiling at all your accomplishments since he's gone. And like you said, you have to move forward. You have to, you can never, uh, the one, the best line I've ever heard from a rap song, rap song is, um, death leaves a pain that nobody could heal. But the memory leaves something that nobody can steal, which is incredible. That's Ant. It's a song he did for his sister. Unforgettable. Yeah, it's all, it was all over Facebook. And it's the last line of his verse. And it's a very powerful line. And, and it, it sounds like that's where we are right now. You know, you've lost something. The pain is still always going to be there. Oh, yeah. But when you talk about the memories, like the fact that he had one job to do, man, he just had to take the bar off the fucking table and he didn't do it. He didn't yeah. do it. You know? But, but it's, cr- it's crazy that every memory that, even if it was a bad one, you know, and, and people will relate if they lost somebody or things like that, but even if it's a bad one, you know, for some the one that would have made you hate the guy when, or, or the person when they were around, you know, automatically all of a sudden just, you don't want to forget that, you know, and it's, it, it's absolutely, if, if you've never lost anybody, you just won't understand, I guess, like that you've been close to. It's just one of those things, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> absolutely. I get that. So let's, uh, let's talk, uh, actually, you know, before we get into the seriousness of everything, let's, can you tell me, one of, I mean, it sounds like you and Sean were in emergency rooms quite a bit. And I'm talking not before the cancer. I'm talking while the rest thing was very active. Uh, can you can you look at uh, one memory back then and just say when you were when you were staring at each other in the emergency room, where you're sitting side by side and you're bleeding from your head. He's bleeding from his arm. Who knows what? And somebody walks in in worse shape than you guys. And you go, fuck, I'd hate to be that person right now. That's yeah, horrible. <laughs> yeah, I actually can um, so yeah, we're sitting there obviously right after that match, actually, buddy's got a, he's got a busted elbow. I've my back and we got knocked out. I'm getting checked out my everything else. This guy walks in and I don't know where he was working, but he had a piece of rebar. He had a rubber boot on and a piece of rebar through his boot, through his oh, leg no. out the other side. And oh, he, no. wasn't, he wasn't even, he obviously in shock, but he wasn't even phased. You know, he's sitting there and we're just looking at him and he's looking at us and he's like, what'd you guys do? <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're just like, oh, we beat each other up. What'd you do? And yeah, yeah he, it's, yeah, you know what, but when, when you look at the injuries that we've actually gotten, and this is a lot of deathmatch guys, you look at the injuries we've actually gotten, we should count ourselves lucky and favorable because there's no reason why you should be going through a plane of glass. And not getting stitches. You know, you know what I mean? Like, why I do it? Why do like, why, why still deathmatch wrestling now? Knowing all the injuries that you suffered, all the scars, like you said, if you get a tan, you can't get a tan because all the scars are there. Yeah. So, like I got, I got scars on my elbow. I don't know if you can see, but yeah, it's all over. Yeah. So why, why do it? Why still do it? Is it for that? that rush that you're chasing or is it to honor Sean? What, what is it for you? Well, it's, it's a little bit of everything. You see, I, there's a lot of things I want to do for Sean after, after it was done. And there's a lot of things that I've done now. One second, sorry. There's a lot of things that I do now that I still try to like, in a way, top the things that he did, which is so almost impossible because the guy went through cactus and everything. But like, uh, like bare bare feet thumbtacks. Like, there's just some things I will not do. Like, you know. And but um, man, I'm sorry. What was the question again? I'm having a brain fart here. Why? Why still do it, knowing oh, all the injuries, and that you've yeah, been able so to walk away thus far? I, I'm doing it mainly just because I want to prove that. Okay, so. For the last few years, and actually for my whole wrestling career, but especially lately, 
there's been a lot of talk about how deathmatch guys are just backyard guys. And it's just, oh, they're untrained and they don't know what they're doing and they're not entertaining. Like, you look at No Ring North, these guys don't have a ring in their backyard. And like I said, ah, we hear the stuff. You know, I, I'm not, no point of calling people, we hear the stuff. You know, and it's, I'm almost at the point where I know, without trying to sound cocky, I know that I'm a good wrestler. You know, and I want to be able to incorporate, and I would love more people to do it. I want to be able to incorporate wrestling with deathmatch. I want to, I feel like in the last few years, I've, and not just me, like me, Warhead, um, guys, that we've changed the look of deathmatch wrestling in a way, trying to add more, like look at Casco of Valentine. If anybody follows him on Instagram or anything, the guy's throwing wrestling moves and all his stuff now, you know? It's something that we're not just beating each other up with clubs anymore and, 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 and walking away at the end. And look, we're trying to, to show that these guys, and, and not even myself, like I want to show that maybe somebody that's not as experienced as I am, maybe not the best wrestler, can still go out in there and entertain people. You know, because wrestling, it comes in all different forms. Man, it's not just being inside four ropes. And I feel like that's where a lot of things get misconstrued and things like that is everybody just looks at it like it has to be this way or the hard way. Why? Why does it have to be like that? There's so many promotions and there's so many, there's so many ideas that people have. If you feel like it's a good idea, Stan Lee said it perfectly. If you feel like what you have is a great idea and you feel passionate that that idea can do something for you, then do it. There's no, there's no reason why No Ring North should be getting a bad rep. Why? Because we don't use a ring? We should, they should be getting, the, the guys, not just, my, whatever, should be getting looked at going, man, these guys are bumping on concrete for fans that are, like, man, good for them. Like, but no, you know, and it's just, I really want to prove that stereotype wrong. You know, I really want to just show that wrestlers can deathmatch and deathmatch guys can also wrestle, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. And I, and I could see the passion when you talk about that. Now let's talk about kind of, I guess the meat and potatoes of this. We went through the first half of this conversation. It was fantastic. Now let's talk new frontier. You and I both contacted by the mask maker in different aspects. I was contracted because, well, let's be honest. If you're going to pair anybody with Hayes, it might as well be the second most adorable man in all of wrestling. You know, that's it. I don't know who the first most adorable man is, but I don't want to build up my ego. Now, the matchmaker contacts you and basically lets you know that you can confront, I guess, someone from the past, someone that shares a connection with yourself and Sean in a lot of ways being the bloodstained hurricane, Jesse Amato, who stepped away four years from wrestling and decides to come back. And when the matchmaker contacts you and he gives you this opportunity, what goes through your head when you get that text message or that email or Facebook message, however he contacted you? To be blunt, my initial reaction was, fuck you. That was my, because there's a lot of things people don't know, okay? And me and Amato's past, it runs very, very deep, okay? This goes back to before Sean even passed away. And I don't know what everybody knows, but hell, let's get into it. So, back when Sean was alive, we did a charity show. Okay, and I'm not going to rub all the details and everything else, but let's just say certain people didn't hold up their end of the bargain for this show. A lot of the money going to that show was for Sean's daughter. Okay, we were putting into an RSP, something for Sean to do um, because he wasn't going to be around to do so. He knew that he wasn't, obviously, it's brain cancer. You know, he knew he wasn't going to make it, so he did whatever he could to make sure that when she's 18... She either could buy a house or afford school or buy buy a car outright or just something to make it easier for her by a, a last thank you from death, you know. And when he's when he screwed us over at that show without getting into all the details, um, it took a lot. It, when I say it took a lot, not just from me, okay. When I say that Sean was actually going to kill him, when Sean would have killed you when I was in the New Frontier show, and those guys were dragging me out, and I said that Sean would have fucking killed you. 
That's not a, that's not a shoot. That's not that's not me trying to get over. Those are straight. Okay, he, he literally buried himself to absolutely everybody, and then tried to act like it was it was completely okay. I don't, I don't care if it's been five years. I don't care if it's been it could be twenty years. I don't care for him to come onto this podcast, and we're gonna get into it because. For him to come onto this podcast and then go say it's apples to apples, oranges to oranges, it's been long enough. Those are his exact word for word quote that he said. That is not okay. It has not been long enough. It is not his call to tell me if it's been long enough. It is not apples to apples, oranges to oranges. To be completely honest with you and get completely real with you, Sean messaged me. Okay, me and Sean. When you talk about friendship and you talk about, and I don't know if you've ever had a brother like this, but, we, but if Sean called and he said, he didn't have to tell me what it was. He said, I need to go do something. And you knew it wasn't going to be a good something. There was no questions asked. It was, I'm picking him up. We're going to go chill with some shit. You know, that was just the kind of relationship we had. We had that bond. We, we you know, and when it came after that charity show, even though he was fucked up and he was not in his best health he looked at me and he said we're going he found out where he lived he found out everything like and i'm talking like and i looked at him and i said no we were it's it's not worth it and something back then told me just this isn't right you know it just it, it, it's it's i've been down this road before with it's it's not right let's just we're gonna take the high road on this one and it took everything i had to make him not drive up to and go and go deal with his problem, you know, and when when Jesse can just act like the shit he did is okay, and just when 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 you screw over not only Sean but you screw over Sean's family, and Sean is no longer here to defend that family. I don't care if it's twenty years from now. I will defend that family until the day I die. Why? Because that's the brotherhood that we have. So when a matchmaker calls me and he says, you can confront somebody from your past, show up to the show. And then I see about a couple weeks prior that Jesse Amato is wrestling just insane. Well, I didn't even have to think twice. I didn't care if it was anybody else in my past. Jesse Amato was not walking out of that building on his own two feet. Jesse, and that's not just for me. That was because of people that are no longer here to do so. Jesse Amato screwed people over. Jesse Amato did not pay the piper. And if the piper is no longer here, how I will be that piper. I do not care. And Jesse Amato, even at the last New Frontier show, you know, when I, when I, when I kicked him in the balls and I, and I low-blowed him, I said, how does that feel? How does that low-blow feel? He... He talks like he has this remorse. I don't even think Jesse remembers. To be honest, to be clear, you might look at me like I'm a piece of shit for saying that. He might have been on too many drugs back then. I, I don't know. But for him to come back now and say, oh, I've made it clear with Cash. I, I, I've made up with Warhead. To me, that shows the kind of friends you are. Because to me, you, you haven't done the... You haven't, you message me if you want to come back. You fucked me over. You fucked my best friend over. And I didn't even get a call. Nothing. You want to message Cash? You want to message War? Where the fuck was my call? I'm the guy who was his fucking best friend. I was the guy who lived in his kid. I was the guy driving him to every show. I was the guy in his pocket. I was the guy who had my first death match with Jesse Amato. Where the fuck was my call? And then I'm getting looked at like I'm the piece of shit. I'm getting looked at like, oh, you said yourself, what, what the hell? Is he, he is a, he's, he's an asshole. What the fuck? He's a piece of shit. The piece of shit of professional. Why am I the piece of shit of professional wrestler? Because I'm standing up for my best friend who's no longer here. Because you could ask anybody, anybody who's ever had that kind of relationship. And like I said, I don't know if you've ever had one. You don't have to tell me. That's not my business. But imagine that friend died like that. And, and, and you found out people were talking shit. You found out that they screwed him over. You found out that they fucked his family over. You don't think that you're going to lose your lose your mind? Of course you are. 
So I'm sick of people not looking at it from my point of view. I'm sick of people that are just going, Jesse Amato going, oh, nobody knows what's up with Hill. Nobody knows what's going on with Hill. He knows exactly what's going on with me. Why don't you grow a set of balls and man up and come and talk to me? But he didn't do that. So I went and I talked to him at New Frontier. That's what I did. I got in his face and he pushed by me like he didn't give a shit. Go back and watch the footage. Yeah, you know, I was in his face. I was screaming in his face telling him not to come back, that it was my show. But he pushed by me. He didn't want to talk to me. You know? So, yeah, don't blame me for, for, for this whole thing. Blame a model. Don't blame me because I am not the bad guy here. Blame the guy that pushed my shoulder all the way. Blame the guy that could have easily had a conversation with me and didn't. That's the guy that people should be blaming. But no, I, if people want to look at me, I'll be the mark. That's fine. You know, for years, for years, I, I played asshole in every one of me and Sean's storylines, even though we were best friends. You know, people, and, and just imagine. I mean, you were at the last New Frontier show. Just imagine. You, the matches me and Sean had, and we were really best friends. Imagine what the fuck I'm going to do to Jesse Amato on June 12th when it has to end. No matter what, it's unsanctioned. It has to end. Well, and that's and that's the fact of the matter, right? You got you got frustrated with me at the last New Frontier show because I gave Jesse Amato a platform. You came out. You were unhappy with me. And right after the show, what did I do? I, con- I walked up to you at the show. You were still heated. I said, hey, let's set this up. So here we are. We're having the conversation now. I'm giving you the platform. So I wanted to hear... The real story, as you put it, and seeing the perspective, I, I do see both sides. Whether you want to hear that or not, I do see both sides of the story. Now, Jesse has said that he had a conversation with someone else who was in Sean's inner circle, and he did try to send Sean a message. Obviously, when things were going bad, a message was never checked on Facebook. He did mention that in the podcast as well. He's trying to make amends, whether he's gone about it the right way or the wrong way. Can I ask you this, Tyler? Can I ask you this? June 12th. The barbed wire match. The ring is going to be, we're going to remove the ropes. We're going to surround it in barbed wire. It ends no matter what. It is unsanctioned. The matchmaker has said it's literally do whatever the fuck you two want to each other. But after this, we're moving on. He's not walking out of that building. I'm telling you, he's not walking out of that building. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this this match, see, Jesse, I've known, he gave my first death match with Sean. I know what Jesse's thinking. He's trying to play this head game. And then and then I go on, and then the matchmaker contacts me. Okay, the matchmaker contacts me and tells me, you know, what what are we going to do? How are we going to make sure that this ends on June 12th? So I told him straight up. Tell Jesse Motto if he loses, his career is over. I get what I want. But the matchmaker decided that whether I'm too valuable or not, my career was also not going to be on the line. But if I lose, I am no longer allowed to deathmatch wrestle again. And that right there intrigues me. Because look at the battles I've had. Look at the fights I've had. Look at, look at, people still talk about some of the ones I've had with Sean. That, those fights were when I had nothing to lose. Now I have everything to lose. Imagine, imagine the match that's going to happen on June 12th. Imagine the carnage that I'm going to put Jesse Mono through because my reputation's on the line. You know, uh, I have built death. And, and you could say Chad, you could say Mac. I don't care. I have put deathmatch wrestling on my back since Sean's death. I have put it on my back since Jesse Mono's gone. I have been the one to show up, put on match of the night every single time I'm in a deathmatch in a league. That's what I do. Now, if that's on the line, if, 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 if everything I stand for, everything that I've built up is on the line, I am going to put Jesse Amato down for good. That's not a joke. That's not a storyline. That's not a stereotype. This is going to be unscripted violence. That is what's going to happen. These are two guys that do not like each other surrounded by barbed There is nowhere to go. There is nowhere to escape. We are going to hurt each other. I'm I'm full out expecting to get my licks in. I mean, me and me and Amato at the last show there, we beat the hell out of each other. You know, Up and down it, every ounce of that building. And you know, I, I I'm not going to say I respect Amato because because as of this moment, I do not. As of this moment, I do not see me and Amato patching this up. As of this moment, 
one of us does not come back to New Frontier, and that's how this ends. And I almost feel, and this is, and, and I, I don't know what kind of pull you have. I don't know how this goes, but in a way, I don't even want to referee. Okay, I, I want to go until one of us doesn't stand anymore. It has to end. That's how it ends. You leave the refs in the back. You put two guys in barbed wire, and you let them fight until one of them has to win. I, I don't I, I I don't have much as, as much pull as you think, but I could send that request through the matchmaker, no problem. I have the uh, I have the contact information. Again, it's just matchmaker at matchmaker.com, so it's really not much of a. Uh, it almost sounds like a dating website. But Tyler, let yeah. me ask you this: when when the matchmaker contacted you and Jesse Amato was going to be returning to the ring, have you had any contact with Sean's daughter, his wife, his family? Is there any contact in knowing? what you're doing here in respect to Sean. Have they, have they made any comment or has there been any discussion between you and Sean's family? For this, no. What people need to understand is wrestling for Sean's family, and I'm not going to speak for them, and I don't want to I, I cross any lines or say or put words in anybody's mouth or anything like that, but watching Sean do what he loved, even with the brain cancer, it was hard to watch. So for them to hear about the wrestling or to watch the wrestling, I mean, we brought them into a No Ring North show just because we had the Shawnee Mo title. And they stayed and they left. Like, they saw the belt, they left. Like, I... It's, it, it's hard for them, right? So, um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of contact with them. No, not with this anyway. Um, but then Do you again, you have a relationship I, with them personally, like, yeah, like we, outside I, of I, I'll still reach out and everything else, make sure things are okay and everything else. But, um, yeah, for the most part, um, I know what Sean would have wanted in this situation. <laughs> I, I know that if Jesse Amato would have came back and, and, and Sean was around, Sean would have did the exact same thing that I did in that situation. So... When it comes to talking to them, I feel like I'm doing right by Sean right now as it is. So so why stop Sean all those years ago? I mean, I get his health wasn't the best, but why stop him then and then do what he would have done then now? Because of the way he went about it. It's, you know what? Things would have been much different. If, if Jesse Amato would have gave me a message, that, that's the crazy part is – this is the the whole wrestling industry. It's built on respect. That's that, that's what it's built on. It's, it, and Jesse Amato did a very, very blindsided thing when he messaged everybody, even got himself booked on a show. And I wasn't even know Nobody, he didn't even, like, that's why he said, he didn't even, met, I didn't even know he was coming back until after the matchmaker contacted me. And then I seen Jesse Amato versus Justin Saint. Man, I got hot. I instantly got hot. Like, I was not... Obviously, it's not New Frontier's fault. It's not Justin Saint's fault. It's not any of their fault. But I told Jesse Amato way back when, when, when I saved his ass back then, I told him, do not come back to professional wrestling. Do not. And when I, you heard it, when I came back at that New Frontier, I said, what did I tell you when I, if you came back? What did, he knew the repercussions. He knew everything that was going to happen. He decided to come back and take the gamble. He, he says in your podcast, Hill was sitting there the whole, the whole show. You know, he was sitting there. I saw him. He was at the beginning of the show. He, he, he could have talked to you before the show, but he didn't. Well, why didn't he? Why didn't I? Because that's exactly what he did. He went and looked at everybody, talked to everybody but him. And then went, went and got went behind his back and did something. No, so what I did, I went, at least I had the balls to get in his face. Whether it was after his match, whatever else. At least I had the balls to confront him in person about it, not just hide behind New Frontier banner and hopefully it was going to be okay. You, I told him he can't hide from me. You cannot hide from me when you piss me off like that. I told you I will defend that name until for 20 years, until the day I die, I will defend his name. He crossed the line and he's going to pay for it. Fair enough. I can't, I can't argue with 
with your resolve. I can't argue with the points you've made. Valid. I do see both perspectives. But all I can say is, because uh, this is this is not going to be a match for the weak at heart. Like like Tyler said, this is not a wrestling match. This is not a gimmick match. This is not to put butts in the seats. This is two guys that don't care who's in that building except one another, and they're going to hurt each other. This is going to be a bare-knuckle street fight is what this is going to be. Just add the barbed wire. It is a bare-knuckle bar fight. Just surround two guys with barbed wire, and hopefully both of them walk away. It's not going to happen. But hopefully, like I said, you, you guys all want to hope Jesse Amato walks away. All the Jesse Amato fans, it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to. I'm going to kick Jesse Amato's ass all over the rock pile. And then I'm going to put him down. I'm going to make him realize that he made a mistake coming back. And you know what? While he's in there, I'm going to make sure that he apologizes to every fan at the same time. I'm going to grab him by his face. I'm going to show the crowd. I'm going to make him apologize for everything that he's done to everybody. Because Jesse Amato did not just screw me over. He did not screw Sean over. He screwed everybody over when he screwed when, when he screwed up on that show. And I'm going to make him apologize to everybody. Because I don't believe Jesse Amato. Jesse Amato says, I reached out to this person, I reached out to that person. Jesse Amato went and took money off a of charity. Don't think that well, when you go and talk about, when, when you go and talk about, oh, I, I did this, I did that. Dude, you're not worth trusting anymore. I don't care if you're clean. I don't care if you have a kid now. You're not worth trusting. Who's going to go and do something like that and then, and then expect it? No, man. No. No. He, he, he's got his coming. Man. He's got his coming. It, it ends June 12th. Let's, let, let's put it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, uh, that will be uh, what the matchmaker wanted. And again, I, I have to ask this. Nobody knows who the matchmaker is. Again, I'm looking at you straight in the eyes right now, Tyler. I have no idea who the matchmaker is. But do you think this is somebody else that has either a grudge or just a sick obsession to watch you two kill each other? I mean, inviting you to that first show was like, throwing a mat a lit match on a can of gasoline like what did what did he think was going to happen to be completely honest with you i don't think it's anybody from from me and amato's past at all and this is why mainly because this is a matchmaker he's running new frontier pro wrestling he's not just running tyler hill versus jesse amato when this ends on june 12th he still has a job to do this isn't, you know what I'm saying? This isn't just some guy who's, who's looking to watch two guys that, that he knew back in the day, you know, or, or she, but I don't want to get anybody upset or anything, you know, but, um, yeah, it, 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 I don't think it's that. I think what happened was there was an opportunity that couldn't be missed. I think what happened was the matchmaker knows somebody and the matchmaker got some inside details, and now the matchmaker is trying, it, it, it is trying to do what's best for his show. You can't tell me that taking two guys that absolutely hate each other and putting them on, put, putting them on a show isn't good for business. Of course people are going to pay to watch that. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. It's, too, it, it, it's legal fighting, you know, at that point. You know what I mean? Of course people are gonna, that's going to put asses in the seat. So, in a way, I don't think it's anybody from the past. Man, I thought it was you for a while. Not me, but, I promise you. Not like, me. And, and, and I thought it was Adam Hayes for a bit, as I said before. I, I have no idea anymore. I mean, all I all, all I see is a matchmaker symbol pop up, and 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 I get told, "Hey, this is what you're going to be doing." <laughs> Besides that, the money gets sent to me, and I'm I'm paid. I'm happy. So, hey, why would I? Why why wouldn't I be happy getting paid to? to kick somebody's ass when I've wanted to kick his ass for you. You know what I mean? It, it, it's to me, to me, I'm not going to lose this match. I'm telling you right now. I'm, I, the, the, there is not a shred of doubt in my mind that I am, that it's not going to happen. So on top of getting the retired Jesse Amato, I also get to get paid to retire Jesse Amato. That's a win-win for me, buddy. That's a win-win. Absolutely. Fair enough. All I could say is good luck on June 12th. I will be there to call the match play by play. It will be a definite challenge because it'll be the first time I'm calling that type of match. 
but good luck to you. And uh, I hope you get what you want. Tyler, before I let you go, if there's anybody out there who's not following your journey on social media, where can I find all things Tyler Hill leading up to June 12th? Um, Instagram with, uh, it would be TVV underscore Tyler underscore Hill. Um, Facebook would just be the Canadian bad boy, uh, Tyler Hill, you can pop it up on there. And, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's Facebook and Instagram, but, uh, up to June 12th, I know that there's a, there's a hype, there's, there's a video coming that we got to do and things like that. So, um, I will be posting, I will be advertising and people are going to see it. So there's, there's no way that there's going to be an excuse for them to say that they didn't miss this show. They, 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 they have to see this show. So. 150%. Well, I hope now that, you know, I was able to give you the platform that I gave Jesse. I hope at least things between you and I are now copacetic. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Like I said, I, I, I just, I wanted to make sure that the facts that were being thrown are accurate facts. And the ones that Amato was throwing were not. Yeah, you know, we made up at the show and everything else. We're good now. But, you know, I, uh, I was not happy there for a little while. But, yeah, you know what? We are... Uh, we're good now, and uh, and yeah, you know, I guess I'll see you in person on June 12th. Yes, sir, you will. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Tyler Hill, Jesse Amato, you're not going to want to miss this. Check it out in person at the Rock Pile on June 12th, or wait for it to show up on Twitch. But however you watch it, this one will be one to remember. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next time. Hey. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, not in my lead. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm out of space. Anywhere we're out of place, I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going stay.